0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app.
2: Good morning, and thanks for listening. I am Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and today I want to talk to you about what home means to you. You know, often you hear home is where the heart is, right? Well, what does that mean? And is it the real truth? Have your ideas of exactly what your home and family should look like changed since the COVID-19 pandemic? Have you ever thought about why you live where you do? Often the reasons may seem simple, but when you explore things more deeply, you'll find that there's a lot more behind why we call that special place we do home. So good morning, everybody. I'm glad you're with us today on Relatively Speaking. Good morning, Jay. How's everything?
3: Good morning. How are you, Dr. Buttress?
2: Good, good. Well, I am remote today, so I just want to tell everyone who's out there, maybe on spring break with their kids, I hope they're having a good time, and maybe they're having a staycation, or maybe they're going somewhere away from home. <laughs> but um, but I know this turned out to be a little bit cooler than we had planned, right, for spring break? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so... Today, I thought I'd, I'd take a little lighter twist. Although as I started looking into home and what it means to all of us, um, you can, you can always get a, a little, get, um, around some shaky ground, if you will. So listeners, when you ask yourself, what does home mean to me? What, what does your inner voice say to that? Has your answer changed over the last few years? I think mine have a bit. Um, To me, my my home, my space um, means a little bit more to me than before. And I think some of it is because so many of us stayed in our homes more than we ever had before. We worked out of the home, we we played out of the home. We made all of our entertainment within the home. And I know things are changing a bit, but but I do think that many of us have um, sort of started thinking about home in a different way. So before I get into um, all the psychological aspects of what a home is, uh, I want Our listeners, and I'd love for y'all to jump in and call anytime you're ready, because I think this needs you and your answers. But for those of us who live in the Deep South, we often find that our states are ranked at the bottom where we don't want to be and at the top when we don't want to be. And you've heard me name a few over the years. You know, we're at the top of poverty. We're at the top of infant mortality, obesity, diabetes, at the bottom of child well being. Um, you know, we can we can go on with that, but I won't. But but I, I wanted to, you know, when we're talking about home, did you know that Mississippi has the lowest rate of homelessness? It's true. In Mississippi, um, we have somewhere around 1,100 people who are homeless, about 3%, 3 3.7, I guess, to be more specific, um, people out of every 10,000 people. That's the lowest rate of homelessness among all of our states. So that sounds good, right? Um, now, you know, our cost of living is low and that may be part of the reason, but, um, part of the reason may be that, uh, we are more open and likely if there's someone in need of a dwelling to live in that, that there's a relative who maybe will take them in. I don't know. I don't know, um, that, but even with our low homelessness rate, out there. I wonder if many of you see what I have lately. When you look around our state, there are increasing numbers of people with signs that say they're homeless and that they just need help. I wonder what you do. What do you do when you go by someone like that? Do you do, like many, um, when you come near a person in a car at an intersection, do you move to the other lane? Do you pretend like you don't see them? Do you feel sad but not sure what the right thing to do is? Maybe does it make you a little bit ashamed that you're one of those who have a home or have a nice car, and it it just makes you wonder why everybody's not like that? Or does it make you mad that they're there, standing there, putting you in that position, and why don't they just go do something about it. So listeners, I brought um, something tough up and I'd like to hear your thoughts and answers to that. I know there are many people out there probably who are listeners who help the homeless, who help in the food kitchens. And, you know, we had a recent um, show about, um, the many food kitchens, um, yesterday on one of our I think radio shows, we, we had a lot about people feeding the hungry, people feeding those within food insecurity. So that's one thing I want us to talk about as we're moving along. So what do you think about what our response should be there? You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Um, Jay, as we're talking about why we live here in Mississippi, and 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 then about our low homeless rate, but there are obviously people out there who are homeless. Um, why do you? You know, you had an opportunity several years ago. We talked about this on another show to to perhaps move to Atlanta for uh, an opportunity, a work opportunity, and you did not. Um, why do you live here? Why do you still live in Mississippi?
3: Um, it was uh, it was in Connecticut actually. It was uh, it was ah. I was offered a job about twenty years ago with ESPN, um, mm. and uh, which is in Bristol, Connecticut. Got it right. Yeah, got
2: it. Okay.
3: And uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, my my wife at the time was not keen on moving to Connecticut uh, for uh, she was eight months pregnant with our first child. She was worried right. about who's going to help her up there because we don't know anybody in Connecticut still. Uh, but, uh, and that's, that's certainly understandable. But uh, ultimately, um, we stayed here. And uh, yeah. it was because I felt that uh, I was basically given a decision between my career and my family, and mm. I felt like I had committed to family above everything else. So that's the decision I made at the time. And uh, yeah. so if 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 she and by extension, my children were going to be here, then I had to be close to my children to make sure that I had a say in them being raised the way that I I at, at least a standard in a way that I wanted them raised. And yeah. I, I didn't feel like I could do that from Connecticut or anywhere right. but in Mississippi. So. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's literally why I've been in Mississippi the last 25 years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, okay. As I was, as I was working on this show, I was thinking exactly that, that kind of thing. So, so we make a decision at some point in our lives to, to be where we are and to call this home. But then, then why do we, why do we stay? Is it because, um, it is wonderful and it is the, the concept of a physical place where, where we feel we we feel comfortable and we have support, or is it because of the lack of inertia and that we we don't move, um, even when perhaps it would be better for us to move? Now I'm throwing that out. Let me tell <laughs> you my story before we have a break. Um, when I finished medical school and my residency, I lived in Texas. And Texas was a nice place to live. I enjoyed it. But um, but I did. I went through a divorce while I was in Texas. And I had three young children. And I think many of you have heard my, my story. You know, I was a single parent for a while. And um, I had a really good job. And I had some support there. I had good friends and I had my former in-laws who were great, wonderful people. But I did feel sort of the pull back to Mississippi um, for for several reasons. One, I felt like that there was going to be um, a lot more family support. Um, two, I had a job that I sounded like a good job to me at the time and it turned out to be a great job for me and my career eventually. But I felt a pull back to what I had grown up with as home. Um I had siblings around and and individuals who were there, I thought for me, my parents. So I, I moved back home, even though I left a, a really good situation. And, and it in the long run has turned out to be a wonderful, um, decision for me. Many times I had individuals say to me when I was living in San Antonio, why in the world are you moving back to Mississippi? What do they have to offer you? And, you know, a lot of times, um, my answer was, um, do you know anything about Mississippi? Have you ever been there do you do you view it as a a place that people shouldn't live? I want to know why so you know I think um for me um I find that Mississippi is is a lovely place to live. It doesn't have everything that some other areas do and I know our surrounding states. We have listeners in in Alabama and Louisiana and in Tennessee and I think think all of us every now and then have to defend why we live where we live. And I wonder uh, I wonder why we think that is so, listeners. And then I want us to talk a little bit about why you live where you live, um, why you have stayed where you have stayed, and do you think that you've made the right decision for you in the long run, and if so why? Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and this is Relatively Speaking. Today, we're talking about home. Home is where the heart is, but why, why do you live where you live? Um, So question question to you listeners, why are you where you are? Why do you live on the Gulf Coast or central Mississippi or perhaps in the Delta? Is it because there's not been any other choice? Likely that can't be your excuse. You know, in the United States, our borders are not blocked. We can move across thousands of miles around the U.S. without being told we can't. So why have you chosen to stay where you are? Or why did you choose to make a new place your home? Perhaps Mississippi um, was a place that you chose to move to. So why is that? I'd like to hear from you you about that as we're moving along you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org okay i'm going to talk to you a little bit about attachment to place so there there's really not a secret that you know we as individuals develop very strong emotional attachments to the places that we live and some people live in a place that they have lived forever, perhaps even they grew up in a house and then continued to live there even as adults. I'm sure there's some of you out there um who who have done that, and maybe some of it is financial um maybe all of it is financial, but I suspect the majority of it is that that love of space that topophilia that rootedness or attachment to place that we have and you know that strong attachment to place that that you live in often does give a lot of a lot more stability and and i think as jay and i both were talking about our family situations one one attachment to place had to do with making sure that our children felt rooted and our children felt that they were in a safe place. And, you know, I think the longer you're in a place, the longer you, the, the tighter that perhaps attachment becomes and the less likely you are um, to be able to leave that place you know because our physical surroundings play such an important role in creating a sense of of meaning and organization to our lives sometimes um our our sense of who we are is so very tied to to that that home that we that that place we call home and and maybe it is because it makes us feel more strongly in control so you know we we talk about the different um spaces and places that we live and for some of us home may be in the country and with a lot of space around us or for some of us, home may be an apartment living in a dwelling where you have very, very close neighbors who, who know almost every move that you, you make. And so I think as we are moving along, knowing that everybody's situation is a little different. Um, but everybody's situation is somewhat the same because our social relationships are often centered around our home and around where we live. And and for many, home is the center of the world. You know, we lost one of our long-term ardent listeners, Sue from Beaumont. I'm sure many of you who have listened to a lot of the radio shows remember Sue calling in quite frequently. And, and Sue... Um, would often um call in and talk about her situation at home, I believe she was wheelchair bound if I'm remembering correctly, and so um is that right, Jay? I believe That's she right. was, and so she often i you know as we we talked about um talked to Sue and she called in with her. Her calls and her situations I, I often felt that that her home she was very much tied to, and that her her home situation and her home family somewhat was MPB and somewhat think radio. And a lot of what she she achieved from from the phone calls was a sense of belonging and um i I wonder um it made me so sad when we lost sue and um and I know that that has made a a big difference in in some of our lives, not hearing from her so listeners, what do you think about that? Do you think that sometimes your sense of home is is not just the place but the situation around you and and the purpose around you. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I thought as I, I thought about, about, um, about Sue and, and where she was. So um, listeners, I'd really like to hear from you. Tell me why you live in Mississippi. Um, I, I know you have a reason there's got to be a reason of of why you live here. Is it to stay around family? Is it to stay to make sure that your children had stability and now you have the comfort of home or is is it a sense of job perhaps? You know, um there are all kinds of of reasons that we live where we live. I I know last year after after some um difficult winter time here in Mississippi and it was so cold. I said I'm not spending another February in Mississippi. But you know what I did? And we had a pretty beautiful February here in Mississippi this year. So, Dr. Um, Buttress, let's go to
3: the phones. We've got our okay, we call on the line again. Okay, I see Brenda, yep. who's
2: on the road calling in. Thank you, Brenda, for calling in and joining our home conversation. Tell us what your thoughts are today.
0: Hi. Well, my parents, uh, they're originally from Natchez, and in their um, when they first got married and all, they decided to move to, to Chicago uh just uh mm-hmm. my dad was offered a, a job there well they stayed there um several years and then they decided they wanted to move back home so they moved back to mississippi and and then by that time they had seven children and you would think mm-hmm. one would uh would want to stay in a larger city like chicago just for the uh to make ends meet and all you know, considering they had seven children. But they had got to the point where they wanted a more stable lifestyle and a more peaceful lifestyle than what this big city had to offer. So they moved the family back to Mississippi. And, of course, this was our first time moving back. I was almost 13 when we moved. And when we all got grown, we all had the opportunity if we wanted to move elsewhere we could have. But at the time, we did not. And I've been here ever since I was nearly 13. I had many opportunities. I could have went back to Chicago or any other place, but I did not. Uh, my husband and I, we, we have very good jobs. I work for the federal government, and he's a longtime logger. logger. Uh, God bless us where we were able to get a two-story log home for a little of nothing, and it's paid off, and we have land. And, you know, the majority of the people that live in the big cities, they can't say all that. You know, they're paying, like, 2000 or so for rent or for mortgages Where uh, with no land, hardly. Where Mississippi has so much, um, the value of their property is a lot less, but it's worth more, uh, so to speak, if that makes sense. <laughs> because we have so much land that comes with our homes. And it's yeah. people like that. Now, now, I, myself, I love to travel. And I go to different states and all. But as you say, there's no place like home. When I come back home and at peace, uh, and the way the society is now with so much going on, I feel safer here. I feel more secure here. And the cost of living, you know, I can uh, it, it's better here. And it's, it's a good home environment all around. You know, most people look at Mississippi and look on the past, our past history. But uh, we have come a long way here. Mississippi, and I can say other states are worse off than we used to be years ago as, as far as racism and all of that, and it's just a matter of everybody's coming together, working together, uh, and showing uh, godly attributes and characteristic traits, and so we can all live um, together, you know, regardless of which state we live, we can all live together. But I love Mississippi. I call Mississippi home, and uh I just, I just think it's just the best, one of the best ways
2: you can live. Enjoying your show, thank you. Oh, Brenda, thank you so much for calling. And you know what? I think it means a lot hearing from you. Moving from a large city like Chicago that does have indeed a lot of amenities, and moving at the age of thirteen. I wonder if your parents brought you kicking and screaming. Were you terrified yeah. of moving?
0: No, I really was, you know, we were. I was a little uh, concerned, but not much, because I knew my parents had our best interests at heart. But, yeah, you know, at that age, you don't want to leave, uh, leave your friends and all, and you're scared about uh, making new friends. But I adjusted very, very well.
2: Well, you know, you brought up some things that uh, I um, started at the beginning of the show that we have the lowest homeless uh rate in the country. We are number fifty for homelessness, and I, I think that you brought up some of the reasons that that we do. The cost of living is lower. The cost of property in general is lower, although some areas of the state have higher property cost. In general, you can get a much nicer house. I have a friend who who moved from um California and has bought several properties for the the price of the one that she had in the previous place. So um yeah, there's so many good advantages and it is in general a, a positive and safe place. And you know, I wish we had more ambassadors like you, Brenda, to talk about the positive um points that we have in, in our lovely state. And, and the ability to have nature around you and to not be crowded um, together too much can be very good for you. And I, um, you know, we laugh a lot. We have a lot of incredibly artistic people and incredible writers. And um, Martin Hegwood, one of my friends who recently won the Faulkner Award Um, when somebody was asking him about, um, why do you think there's so many great writers? He laughed and said something like, uh, because there's not a whole lot else to do other than be creative. And we, we've all said that and laughed about it, but there's something good in having that peace and space, um, that we have. So, well, Brenda, thanks for, for starting us off with the with the calls and thank you for saying such positive wonderful things about our sweet state okay now we're going to go next to William in
1: Starkville
2: hi William thanks for calling
1: yeah I'm uh, have been here for 65 years and uh, but I was one of the lucky ones to have a uh, uh, an outstanding opportunity to teach in, uh, at the university and uh, so I have enjoyed the the uh, excellent retirement program uh, it couldn't be any better uh, the american system but at the same time while i have also enjoyed the the, the medical care that i'm that's available to me but i can't I can't overlook the fact that there are are literally thousands of people that because of of strange uh, attitudes towards uh, health care here in the States by the government, that there are multitudes of people that, that don't enjoy the same convenience that, uh, mm-hmm. that that I have with medical care. That's just one episode. And yeah. I also... I also feel that, uh, that uh, we're, we're riding on the contributions of, of uh, here in the United States of, of hundreds of years of slavery that uh, put, helped put this country in its dominant position. We had low, low cost, low maintenance when we had free, free uh, 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 work. From from the slaves, and we became one of the dominant countries in the world in the Industrial Revolution, thanks to the efforts of all of those people. And I can't help but but I just saw a documentary uh, in the last week on how how the blacks were exploited in Alabama to uh, to, to to generate to develop their steel industry, and there is a perfect example of of uh, our dominance, uh, world dominance in uh, steel production, and uh, how it, wh- who who paid for it, and that's the reason I think that that anybody that that doesn't realize that we owe reparations to the, to those people who are still uh, in the lower half of the of the luxury, what's the word, echelon of of. Uh, 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 of the populace of citizens, right, that, right. They, that they deserve, they deserve an education system that is equal to ours. Yeah. And anybody that doesn't care for the the, the or, or anybody who can afford it, it's always going to try to seek the best education. And I just think that it's that it's almost criminal that this country doesn't have the best public education system in the world. We certainly have the best uh, research and and uh, 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 universities in the world, top we of the do. line.
2: We but, do. But
1: oh, we, leave. Yeah. we leave so much, and and the and the people who deserve it. It's not. Wouldn't be easy. There aren't. There aren't. You know the thousands and thousands of teachers that it would take who who have a new outlook and a new approach. But I think that, the, that we ought to find some way to make education so exciting and interesting that kids want to be there and want to enjoy it and don't have to simply be inspired that the way to get ahead is to, 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 to learn hard when you're young. I have so many. Well, examples. William,
2: you have brought up so, so many um, points that I'm going to just try to reiterate a couple of them that that I want to highlight. Um, first of all, um, I'm so happy that you're here in and, and Mississippi for these 65 years and have have enjoyed um, being in the area. You are absolutely correct. We do have a really excellent health system for some, but not for all. And we have struggled. In fact, Mississippi um, has just, both the House and the Senate, um, finally um, passed the postpartum um coverage for mothers through 12 months for Medicaid, which is something that has been sorely needed. But to expand health care for all would be a wonderful thing, right? And um you also bring up the education piece. Mississippi has made some major progress in the last few years in enhancing the education um, arena, but we're still not where we need to be. And, and I, I can hear that you're following along with fully funding, um, our public education system. And that's something near and dear to my heart, too. I will, I will agree with you there. Um, William, um, you're bringing up something that, you know, the, the South had its, has had its issues, still has some. But, you know, across the country, there are also um, continued issues elsewhere. And I think as our, our first caller, Brenda, uh, brought up, there, there are pros and cons to almost anywhere that you you live. But I think as long as it sounds like you, William, are one of those individuals who believes in taking care of our fellow man, and, um, getting over, getting through the past and, and trying to make sure that we take care of the present. Um, but you, you gave me an idea of our next radio show that probably ought to be about exactly what you said last. And that is how do we make Kids want to learn. How do we make them desirous of learning? I can tell you there are many teachers out there who do that. And the way they do that is they make it fun. They don't make it in drudgery. And they don't tell kids that they have to sit down and shut up, essentially, and listen to a talking head in the front of the room. They make it interactive. So without getting too far off topic and talking about how to, I think we could, there are many things that we could do to make Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Tennessee, um awesome, even more awesome places to live by doing some of the things that you've mentioned, William. So gosh, thank you. I'm glad you're here. Work on that. Help us continue to move us forward. All right, um, I want to go to Rachel in Eupora because she has a comment about Sue. Hey,
4: Rachel, thanks for hanging on. Hey, uh, this is the first I heard of Sue passing. And uh, I will miss her deeply. Um, I always, I had been waiting to hear from her over uh, one of the programs in Hatton and was wondering About her, I actually researched to see how far, uh, Beaumont is from Euphora so that I could maybe, uh, and I looked up the, uh, population and found that it was small and I said, well, maybe somebody, uh, can tell me where Sue is. And, uh, anyway, I will miss her very, very much. And it's so strange she had, uh, she didn't have long comments, uh, but she had uh, questions and comments that were always on the mark, and uh, and seemed like such a, a nice, nice, and interesting program. She mentioned a couple of times things that she had done in her lifetime, and so I think we've lost a jewel. Um, I, did I wanna agree with you. A couple of yeah, yeah i I do want to make a couple of comments about uh the topic that you have brought up today, and that is that um where I live, I have good neighbors, and that means so much uh I have had black neighbors and white neighbors and always gotten along and not only gotten along but enjoyed having my neighbors uh Another thing that I enjoy about Mississippi is that uh we do have people who are very artistic and creative. And the third thing I like about Mississippi is Mississippi public broadcasting. I'll enjoy no. uh, the television. It it brings so much into the home. Uh, I learn so much. I enjoy it so much. And those are my comments. And I just want to close by saying once more uh, in, in uh, honor of Sue. From Beaumont, uh, uh, I love her. I loved her, and uh, she'll be missed. So that's all. And I, I appreciate your show.
2: Well, thank you, Rachel, and thank you, thank you for calling. I know. I um, like I said, I definitely miss Sue's comments. And you know, occasionally she would call in and not agree with me, and I loved it. I loved talking with her and having that that discussion about um different opinions and and I'll never forget one of the shows we were talking about relationships and being alone and loneliness and and Rachel I don't know if you remember this show but she uh, a guy called in and said that he was he was lonely and he wished he could find somebody and, um, and Sue called in and said, well, I'm lonely too, and I'm here. And so you can call me. And, um, I think I, I can't remember if, if Jay was the producer at the time, but I can remember it's like, wait, wait, wait. We can't, <laughs> we can't play the match game on, on public radio, but it was quite fun and funny. But, um, yeah, that was a a really fond uh, memory that I have. But um Rachel to your point, uh I will say that um you just brought up neighbors and I do think that is one of those things that that happens often um in our areas and where we live is that often um people, even if they don't have, uh, biologic family support, they have the neighborhood family support who takes care of each other. And, and I will say, um, the other day, my husband and I drove in late to our house in, um, Bay St. Louis and our, um, we we went inside. We pulled some things out of the car, and we went inside. And um, I got a text at about ten o'clock in the at night. So it had already been dark when we arrived. And about ten o'clock at night, I I received a text, and it was a text from our neighbor who had noticed that we left our back door car um, open and she was worried that we that something might be wrong and just checking on us now that sounds so simple and and like almost not meaningful but it was so meaningful to me that she had looked out of her door noticed that we were in noticed that our door uh car door was open and and took the time to check on us instead of saying, Oh, those silly people leaving their car uh door open. That's just that's what we do around here. Just the caring that's out there is so important. So Well Rachel in Eupora, thank you for calling and and thank you again for for highlighting Sue. Um okay. Thank you for all you do. All right. Thanks. You keep calling, okay? Um, Jay, if it's all right with you, I want to go on to our next caller, Chris, in Alabama, um, before we go to the final break. Go right ahead. All right. Hey, Chris. Hey,
5: Dr. Dr. Bunchess, uh I uh, always, always enjoy your show, and I enjoy all the shows on MBP, MPB radio, I'm, I'm a record of junkie, but junkies, uh, but y'all, y'all really do a good job, and you know, y'all were talking about health care and stuff, you know, there's, uh, some states are working on it, you know, but, you know, people, a lot of people have insurance where they work, you know, or like me, I'm seven years old, I've got Medicare and stuff, and, uh, but, there's still, you know, that, I don't know, you're a doctor, you know, I don't know, 10, 15, 20% of the people, 25, you know, that don't have anything, you know, and it's, and it's real problem. Right. And I don't, why our state legislatures, you know, uh, Alabama, they're, they're making some improvements in it, but the United States is the only industrialized country in the world that doesn't provide universal health care for all the people, so, but so. yeah. But some of, them, some of them are working on it. But, yeah, I was going to tell you, I grew uh, was born in Hamilton, Alabama, and my family, shortly after I was born, we moved to Adrian, Michigan, because that's where all the jobs were, and there were a lot of people that moved up there, you know, to get a good job. Right. But in the late 60s, industry started coming to our area. Here, we got a big bearings plant, and the mobile home industry is real good, so people started coming back. Of course, we, we came back, too. and uh, I started the ninth grade in, uh, no, it was the eighth grade in uh, Muscle Shoals, and we moved to Hackenberg. I, I, got a, uh, I graduated from Hackenberg High School. I think we had like 30 kids, and I loved it. I was, it was a small class. And then I went to University of New Alabama and got a BS degree in English and uh, psychology, and I had written three novels, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to get them published. It's not an easy job. <laughs> But uh, this area around northwest Alabama, northeast Mississippi, uh, you know, it's just gorgeous. I, I just love the people over there. i got a cousin of there, All of them, and we go over and see them sometimes. We're really blessed to be in this part of the country, and the people are, you know, most of the people are real, real nice. I wouldn't would try to connect.
2: Yeah, and, I, I, you know, I think we are the only industrialized country that doesn't have universal health care and and I know that that there are problems um, with weight and all of that in in countries where there is universal health care, but at least there is the option to have that care without huge, huge financial burdens if you ever go in for something. And I think that's one of the things that could make us a healthier place um, is to to not wait until you can't wait any longer to get care for something. The preventive health care is something that we ought to all have covered, at least, right? Um, So, Thank you for bringing up the positive at the same time, though, because it is a a beautiful place to live. We need to remember um yes we can we can be apologetic for the past and know that that there were some some wrongs that happened, but we can also be proud of the progress that we've made and the fact that we do have um beautiful land to live on and and a beautiful space to live and and so many incredible people out there who can stay with us so um Chris, I appreciate your call, and I'm so happy to have um, you call in from Alabama. Thank you for listening, and and again, um, you are the second person to give high praise to MPB in general, and <laughs> and of course, um, I'm a fan too, so <laughs> I appreciate you hey, b- Before
3: we take again. our last call, let me say he he <laughs> mentioned a place of Mississippi being beautiful, and that allows me to, <laughs> to kind of throw – a spot that I drove through this past weekend. And Uh it's a spot in Mississippi that I forget how breathtaking it is until I drive through it, and then I'm immediately reminded. And it's uh, uh, in Jefferson Davis County, um, between Columbia and Prentice. If you're traveling east on Mississippi Highway 13, you don't realize it, but you keep, you're escalating the whole time. You're driving up a small Uh scale of of hills and all of a sudden about ten minutes outside of Prentice you top a hill and then you can see like this gorgeous expanse of rolling hills and space and you see this dip and elevation that you don't see in Mississippi. And mm-hmm. it, it almost looks, I mean, it's rolling hills is what it is. There's no sort of mountains or anything, but it's its so yeah, different, yeah. especially like for me. I would come from New Orleans and took the long way home. Thanks, Super Tramp. So I drove over Lake Pontchartrain, and uh, <laughs> I, I had that's a long straight drive. And then north of that into Mississippi is another long straight drive. When you get on 13, all of a sudden you don't realize you're going up up, 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 and then you top that hill and you see it bottom out, and you see all this beautiful green, luscious space and the pines and all that, and I'm, it's breathtaking every single time, and I'm always, like, it, I'm taking aback because I forget it's there until I top that hill, and then I go, whoa, and it seems like I'm always driving right around near sunset, too, which makes it even more mm. beautiful. That's a place, mm. if you get to drive on that highway and that little stretch of land right there, it's a beautiful little three-county stretch uh right there where it's just the grass is it seems greener wow uh, so what's a, the a highway a,
2: number you have to tell us Miss, all again
3: mississippi highway number 13 between columbia yes. and prentice a little closer toward prentice but you top out on a hill i'm sure people who live in that area know what i'm talking about because they probably see it every day but it's a gorgeous place to see uh, and it doesn't uh, have an address. Okay, it's yeah. not a place you can go to. It's not somebody's, well, it's somebody's land, but it's not like an address or somebody's farm or something like that. It's just riding along a highway and all of a sudden you top a hill and you're like, holy cow, this is gorgeous.
2: It sounds Absolutely beautiful. You know, there's some, there's several uh, places around Mississippi like that where you'll drive to and you'll go, my goodness, why don't I mean, just our Natchez Trace alone is so beautiful. Right. But Vicksburg with the rolling hills, um, you know, there there's so many. Areas in in and around Natchez that are so beautiful. Well, plus, I
3: mean, if you're out close to Columbia, I think near Foxworth is where the little Grand Canyon is.
1: Uh huh.
3: And that's a place that's kind of a it's a hidden treasure in Mississippi. If you've never been there, it's a that's a that's a phenomenal place to see. And it's it's a breathtaking sight, although I do think technically that might be on somebody's private property. So you'll just have to Google and see what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> okay, well, let's make sure not private property before right. we say everybody needs to go there. But okay. Well, um you know, I think that is why home can be so amazing, is that you keep discovering things right around your own home that are phenomenal and that you can be proud of. Okay, I know we have just like a minute. We have Mikey in Mobile. Mikey, um, we just probably have about 60 seconds. Tell us what your thoughts are. You guys just
4: summed it up. That was Sue. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know. We love
4: her. And we will miss her on the physical plane, but she, uh, she's with us. Uh,
2: I, well, I'm... Thank you. I, you are so welcome. And and I had to mention it the last time um, when I was leaving the radio station was when... Um, I read the um obituary and and I just have thought about her often so I think we all will so thank you for that Mikey thank you for calling okay so just in this final minute that we have I just want to just read something that one psychologist uh jennifer Bertelin, um, said back in 2020 she said to her home is a sense of belonging of being accepted and being supported by others um, i know where that is and i can't wait to get back there if you are connected to a place a community And have a physical home, you experience safety, security, and comfort, even in the face of adversity. For home, home, it is the difference between surviving and thriving.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB
4: Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.